You've tuned in to Pink Noise Posse. I'm the host, Barry Sherry, here to converse with life coaches who are truly magicians and recovering people pleasers who slowed down long enough to identify the ingredients that enabled them to live free, liberated from the critics, both internal and external. Today, topics include what happens when we own that we are a master, a master of doing our life right, rather than shrink and attempt to preserve the comfort of others instead of standing in our badassery. As intuition coach Carrie Ockrey reveals the power of listening to her gut and how she shows up for others to do the work she was born to do because of her choices because of the life that she's led. She is uniquely positioned as an avatar of courage to support individuals navigate transitions. I dive in by asking where the juice is in her practice right now, and she breaks down the pitfalls of perfectionism. A lot of what I am thinking about these days are things like, why is it that when we're kids we can try things and fall down and get back up. But as adults, we're not allowed. It's gotta be perfection in the first shot. That's not reasonable, but we do kind of function that way um, as almost a protective measure. Like, oh, I better, get my, I better get it together. Better have it all together. I better know what I'm doing. I better not look foolish. I mean, I just think there's a lot of things that cumulatively get heaped onto us as adults um, that don't serve us and aren't true. And, and cause us angst, <laughs> like unnecessary angst, but true enough angst, right? Or stress or all of that. But I always go back to like, why was it okay when I was a kid to just, you know, try things, fall down, throw it out the window, pick it up again. Like it was kind of expected. This saying that I've been obsessed with, when you know better, do better. <sighs> Whoa. And, and it's sort of a graceful call for action. Mm-hmm. Like it sort of holds you with some care. And it's like, hey, if everyone is always doing the best they can with what they have at the time, mm-hmm. so there's no shame and there's no judgment, but there is a responsibility that this highlights that when you know better, do better. I love the phrase you just said, a graceful call to responsibility. Is that what you just said? A graceful call. I just love that Mm. combo because graceful is very particular. It's not like a smackdown, Yeah, (laughs) you know, because there's integrity. There's integrity behind grace, in my opinion. And so, and it's also smooth and gentle all at the same time and simple, like we're kind of saying here. You know, I get into this in the Decide, Believe, Go program that I put together where you start off by just essentially deciding, (laughs) you know, and I often say we can talk really well and we can talk often and we can solutionize, if that's even a word, and we can ruminate and all this. But at some point, you're just going to have to decide, make a decision, not the whole decision, maybe, but a decision. And there is another piece in the, in the doing better part, which is 
I've been paralyzed from doing something different because I think there's some sort of investment in the way Mm -hmm. that I've been doing it, even if it's not serving me. So what I love about if you know better, do better, or when you know better, do better is to me, it encapsulates the graceful call to action, but it also encapsulates something I learned from my mentor, uh, Dr. Susan Campbell in her Mm -hmm. book, getting real one of the 10 authentic, uh, truth skills is to understand that you can go out and come in again. Oh yeah. Just let it go and just come on back in and start again in the way that you want to. Mm-hmm. Like just allow yourself to have a do-over. Yeah. I do a lot of work with a coach for myself, um, focusing on gene keys and human design, which is another um, science or method of getting, of knowing yourself and how you function or how you process uh, what your path and purpose is. Um, where your purpose is and where your struggles are. And it's individual for each person. Um, And so I have a lot of desire for freedom, um, but I also have a shadow of like um, seriousness and uh, unsafety, right? So there in, in my adult age right now, I'm like, why don't I feel free? Why do I feel afraid? you know, depending on the topic that I'm, you know, addressing, um, cause I can feel my old habits and my reactions to things. And I can tell consciously that I don't want these reactions anymore because they feel burdensome. Right. And so I've been trying to dig into myself and unravel. Um, what is the root of this? What is the root of this and how do I change it almost neuro, uh, neurologically, right? How do I change this really old in my body on a cellular level um, certain state of fear or defense or reaction because it resides in our bodies after a while. You know, there's lots of books on trauma and how it remains in the body. Um, so it's been profound just to work on this, on those things with someone for myself, be, because ultimately I, I think everyone deserves to live like a, um, a peaceful, happy, contented life as best possible, right? Like the world doesn't every day feel like that. But once you get into like this kind of work, like you can start to feel all your cracks and burdens and bags, you know, you really can if you're willing to pay attention to be conscious. Um, and that's that's what I've realized my coaching is um, is about and what it's like. My coaching is about deep transformation and paradigm shifts. Like that's what I coach. That's what I'm interested in. So the clients I work with come to me really ready to say this is something, you know, whatever's not working anymore. And I yearn for something else, you know, can you help me? And that just starts the journey. And I call myself the killer journey buddy, because when you get me, I mean, you get someone who's done a lot of things, you know, between I'm not, I'm not adverse to risk. You know, I have a lot of courage. I have a lot of courage for other people. Like I, I like to serve even musically. It's about service to me, um, which makes me a terrible rock star. I'm sure. (laughs) But the communing with people, you know, in, in, 
in service to like what, what beautiful things art can do, you know, what beautiful things music can do for people, for myself as a healing, you know, art form, all of that stuff. That's what I'm about. Right. So that that's the same in my coaching is let me be your journey buddy. And what we're going to do is go on this journey and we're probably going to unravel a lot of old stories. We're going to shore up some fears. We're going to do some practices to become present again, face whatever we need to face and see evidence all along the way of that you're safe, that you are fine. Oh, oh my God, change is actually happening and it's real and I can believe in it. Oh my God, it's happening. You know, because from day one, somebody doesn't feel that. They're just like, you know, I feel terrible and that's why I'm here. Or I feel lost and that's why I'm here. And I'm looking for help. I'm looking for answers. And I'm, I am so grateful about coaching because I know this is authentically my second purpose. Like, I love it. Like, I love it. Like, I love it. Like, I, I can't, I love working with other people because like I said, I've got courage for days. You know what I mean? For, for someone else. Right. So if someone's like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. I'm like, I got you. I've got you for days, whatever you need, you know, where you're not going down. So it sounds like you come across a lot of people who have recognized that the status quo isn't working for them. Mm -hmm. And because it's not working for them, they're looking to make a shift in their life. And so if you're looking for people who are ready to go on the journey, what sort of questions do you ask a um, prospective client that helps you decide if they're ready to do things differently? So usually in that initial conversation, I will just simply ask, okay, like, hi, you know, what is happening? Tell me, tell me everything. Tell me what's going on. What's bothering you? What, you know, what, how can I help? What, just give me the whole picture. And out of that response, like I said, people say a lot more than they realize. And I will pick up on in the way that they even talk, not only like what information they offer up, but how they talk about it, whether or not they're ready. Um, I mean, that's not the only conversation we'll have, but I can kind of tell someone's like ready and willing and doesn't, you know, you're kind of at your wits end in a lot of ways, but you're also open. Otherwise, in, in a way that like you're seeking and someone who doesn't, even in the explanation of their situation, try and control the whole narrative or already in their conversations, they're coming up with solutions because control makes you feel safe. Like I can tell by how they talk, whether or not they're um, willing and ready to go on the journey. You know what I mean? Their journey. It's not mine, you know? And it doesn't have to necessarily be something complicated. I mean, it could be, I've worked in this industry forever and I'm just burnt crispy, you know, or my job's really abusive and I, it's not working for me. I mean, it may be that they're just wanting to get a different job. It could be that, um, anywhere from that to like, no, I want to live my life and I'm willing to examine everything. Like how much money do you really need? You know what I mean? Like where, where do you want to live? Do you want to live in, you know, is it here? Is it Europe? Where do you want to go? Okay. What, what will, what are you willing to do? 
or comfortable doing to get there. And then there's lots of solutions in there. It requires a lot of flexibility, but if you're really ready and that works for you, that's not really a problem. You know, it's, and a lot of times clients are like, oh, they feel, you can tell they feel relief because they're like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Oh my God, there are options out there that I'm, that I'm good with, maybe even excited about. I just hadn't thought about it um, because, you know, my brain's been closed down with stress or I just hadn't thought about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're in, when your brain's in flight, fight, freeze mode, because you're, you know, traumatized by a repeating pattern at work, that's not positive or repeating pattern in a significant relationship. That's not positive. We don't have right. everything online available to us to make those smart decisions and to even see what it might look like from the outside. And there's other barriers too, like caring about what other people think of you, you know, like, Ooh, if I change my lifestyle, what, what is my family going to think? Maybe what is my significant other going to think? For the most part, people are raised with a picture of what success looks like um, and a picture of how you get there. And I love burning down the house on both of those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I, I mean, I believe when you're following the rules that you're raised with and not all of those are bad, what I've noticed is it becomes a very outward game, right? Oh, I got to go get that job. I got to do this thing. I got to act in that way or whatever. And what is a hundred percent forgotten is your, uh, your gut yourself. And so a big important thing that I tell people is all the answers are inside of you. And you have this tool called your intuition, your gut, whatever you want to call it, um, that if you get quiet and listen and notice, everything you need to know is in here. Some of those answers might scare you because yourself is going to finally come out and be like, get out of this job or I'm going to get ill right? Like I, there's, there's a whole rabbit hole. We can go down around that. Like, you know, but you are inside, you're in here. If I could tell like young girls or anybody, frankly, about being all you can be and do want, just remember, you've got every right to be proud of yourself because most likely a lot of hard work was behind all of that. The, in, the, in the last couple of years, I've gotten more bold about being proud of what I've done a lot more out loud. And sometimes when I look at it, I'm, I just say to myself like, well, how ridiculous you wouldn't think that like between doing music or going to school when, you know, uh, nobody told me I could, you know what I mean? Or going to France, learning how to speak French when nobody's, you know, on my own um, to starting two bands that were signed on major labels and then, you know, going solo or doing whatever. It's like all of that work I mean, if people wanted to get a glimpse of that, I'm like, if you could come on, you know, if we could go back in time and you just want to come on the road, especially like in music, right? You tell me how like free and easy, like that is. Um, there is so much like slugging it out. And so nowadays I'm like, I've worked hard uh, and I'm very proud of everything I've done. What a pleasure because you believe in yourself, because there's love for self, because you've done some forgiveness, some work to acknowledge it out loud, 
to acknowledge it to yourself first, to acknowledge it out loud in front of others is the biggest pivot point I've experienced in my lifetime so far. And this was illustrated just last night Mm. at an event that I was at. I met a couple of wildly spiritual, consciously connected humans who I got into a very deep and powerful conversation with. And during this conversation, one of them was talking about a state of being where you realize that you have the power, however you see your life is how your life is. However you see other people is how other people are to you. And it's in line with manifesting. It's in line Mm -hmm. with law of attraction, but it got to a higher place than that. When I told him that my partner and I have a saying Everything has a way of working out for us. We say this Mm -hmm. together. Everything has a way of working out for us. And the more we say it, the more it's true. Mm -hmm. And it just takes us believing and saying and being in that version of reality that everything has a way of working out for us. And when I shared this story, he said, well, then you're already a level four master. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that meant, but he wanted me to own that I am a master. Mm -hmm. And then he encouraged me to say it out loud. It's a pivot point that I'm going to look back on and be like, that's that night, that night that I met those two people and I had that conversation and I, I owned that I was a master. I feel like it forever changed me. And it's so important for so many reasons. Because when I, when I hear you say that, I got all these like internal feelings of we spend so much time shrinking ourselves and what a shame that is with this limited amount of time we have on the planet this time, if you're going around, imagine if we didn't shrink ourselves, all the things that could get done, all the healing that would be all the great art that would be made. Like, why aren't we running towards the cornucopia? I mean, imagine that. Oh, I'm, I'm doing my best to picture it. Why aren't we running towards the cornucopia? Why not? I think we more often, a lot of people go into survival mode quicker than open belief mode because it's vulnerable and vulnerable, you know, is scary. It doesn't feel good. And often we don't have the tools to know what to do. So we remain where feel safe in whatever state feels safe with the tools, you know, that someone's been given. That's, you know, even if it doesn't work anymore, even if they feel bad, they're like, well, just, this is what I know. This is what I know. But when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, sure. You got to go be everything that you can be because what you will go do is contribute to the world in ways we can't even imagine. And we desperately need that. It's a whole different place. So glad. So glad. Oh my God. I know, I know I have like so much stuff from this episode in which to pull from, but is there anything you want to say in closing? Come journey with me if you're ready. The journey isn't what you think it's going to be, or it is not predictable, right? But you got to keep your, your 
heart and your eyes open, you're listening, like that's the doing of it, um, which can feel uncomfortable, which could feel painful at times, but that's not the end of the world to feel uncomfortable. You know, we want to feel comfortable all the time. And so we're, and we're constantly trying to get out of being uncomfortable, you know, that's why people binge TV or drink or, you know, like it, it doesn't feel good. I mean, I get it. It doesn't feel good. So we want to go somewhere else. So we don't have to feel that feeling. Like I said, in this coaching journey thing, there is a lot of unraveling of stories or questioning stories. Um, there's like Byron Katie who does the work that um, she has four steps and, you know, you'll tell her the situation and she will have four questions and I won't get all the questions right. But her first one is, is that true? And I can't remember if her second one is, why is that true? And then, oh, and then she says, like, she says something else, like say the opposite, but her last one is, who would you be without that thought? And that's the one I love. Who would you be if you're, if the story, if you told that story different or who, what, who is the carrier? What does Carrie feel like when she's not afraid? What would it be like if you were no longer holding on to that, you know, pain or grudge or what would it feel like if you weren't afraid of that? I mean, that's literally work I'm doing right now. Like who, what, what would it look like if I didn't worry about or didn't feel scared in certain situations or um, if I didn't have that insecurity anymore? Who would Carrie be then? What would it be like then? Mm. And it's a killer practice to shift, especially out of gunk. You know, Mm. people are like, well, how am I going to change this? You're going to start telling a different story. Maybe you'll start asking yourself first about the story. If that's the only first step you can take, like, what might it feel like if you didn't have that, you know, fear? What would that look like? And then you can kind of go look and the looking is the gathering of evidence. Mm-hmm. And what our subconscious wants is evidence of it being true. That's right. That's right. right? So whatever we look for, we find. Mm-hmm. So that's why my very first spiritual coach told me to keep an evidence journal of every Ooh. nice thing anyone's <gasps> ever said about me. Yes. To counteract any self-doubt. So this was when I was at like my you know, my, my greatest low of leaving the 20 year relationship and, and resigning from my career and, you know, renting a basement out of my friend's house and just really sitting in the not knowing of anything. And I met this woman and I did a retreat with her out in the woods and her advice was keep an evidence journal so that you can be reminded of who you are because other people know you've just forgotten Yes. And that evidence journal was like, I feel like the luckiest person getting an up close and personal look into the practices that make each posse member a remarkable guide and spiritual healer. Following this conversation, I had two pieces of homework. Number one, to read the work by Byron Katie so I could fully grok the four questions which incidentally read as follows. Number one, ask yourself, is it true? Number two, can you absolutely know it's true? Number three, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And number four, who would you be without 
the thought. The second piece of homework was to look up my human design. Turns out I'm a generator. Perhaps I'll explore that in another episode. Meantime, I'll admit that Carrie and I talked for over an hour, so I've got another 20 minutes plus of juiciness that just might appear as a part two. Until then, keep mining and shining the gold within.